Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Makali Moments. Um, if this is your first time joining us, we are a podcast about everything, anything, and nothing, all at the same time. We are just good people bonding over food and drinks, and we are happy that we can join you on your daily day dues, whether that's feeding the baby, going to work, or just whacking off your wiener. Welcome. Today we got... Actually, Mary Jo's been on the podcast before. If you guys have been with us from the beginning, um, she was like earlier in the episodes, but she was a guest at that time, like audience guest. By accident. By accident. She was an accidental guest. Uh, this is Mary Jo. Hi. Yes. <laughs> She's usually always quiet like this. Yeah. Please, please don't judge. Like, listen, like, don't listen to music in the background, something too. Yeah, yeah. I'm quite soft-spoken. No, happy, I'm glad you got on. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen you... S- january since january yeah, yeah that's about that three months ago last meeting yeah she was one of my mentees yeah yes. i've been abandoned now yes or did you guys abandon me i don't know that's always the question i'm here <laughs> oh no no true, true. you're right i'm sorry i shouldn't have said that i'm sorry you're right i'm here now Dan. yeah because usually after the mentor program i rarely see my mentees again it's very rare <laughs> well let me con- let me explain something about myself i'm really quite uh shy so like i don't usually reach out to people because the thought in my head is oh they probably don't want to be bothered by me (laughs) so like i usually don't reach out as the first one you know i i'm probably the same i don't reach out to people in general oh it's actually pretty rare of me to like reach out to people it really is like i'll stick to my own group of people yeah but the only reason i have these group of people is because they reached out to me first yeah and then i just kind of attach myself to them yeah, that's what I do. Okay, what's wrong, baby? Okay. Not Sorry, my attention. dog's whimpering. Yeah, not enough attention. Every time I have a guest, she's actually kind of whiny. But, like, she's whiny over there to you. Why isn't she whiny over here to me? I know. You were supposed to chill out with her today. You know that, right? You just wait when more people are here. You're going to come crawling back to me. Oh, yes. She's like, oh, there's a familiar face. There's a fa- I know her. She know gave her. me treats. Yeah. You will be joining us again Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is it that soon already? It I'm is. losing track of time because like all my days don't matter anymore. They just mm-hmm. flow right one right into the other. I know. We're still in corona season by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Yes. Uh just so you know this I didn't think I told you this episode comes out like January. January. 2021. Yeah. 2021. <laughs> yes. So And to put a timestamp on this today's like March 20 something. Yeah, March 22nd. March 22nd, yeah. 2020. So, like, ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, the last maybe five, six episodes have been very ignorant on everybody's behalf on Makali Moments because we just keep getting updates on Corona. Oh. So that means everything that we've been saying has been wrong. Oh. You know? Yeah. So don't take our word of advice when we say things because we're learning as we're going. Yeah. This almost feels like a documentary. It's like you get to see like Koreans, like us living in Korea, go through this whole Corona phase. Oh. It's like, oh, this is what they were like at the beginning. They're like, oh, this shit's not going to hit us. There's fine. We even made bets. Really? (laughs) We made bets. About how, about what? Uh, We said like how many cases uh, there are going to be in the world, I think. The worldwide cases. That's awful. I know it's awful. Like we guessed, I think it was like 2,000. Then somebody guessed 7,000. I guessed 12,000. And in Korea alone, I think we're over 12,000 now. Are we? I, I think the last time I saw the map, Korea 
was Korea just over or just under the cases in America? I think America had like seven. Oh, really? Thousand. Okay. But I'm not keeping up with it. Neither am I. Because like, I don't. Mm. It doesn't affect me. I mean, it does, but it doesn't. I, I mean, like yeah, the yeah. numbers in America. Uh, yeah. If you like, if you pan it out, yeah, of course it affects you. But like, I'm just trying to get through my days over here. Me too. We're just living day by day. Yeah. I mean, like all the days are melting into each other because mm. you go to school because you still have to and you're by yourself there because nobody else has to yeah, be I there. Know, right. And like, I'm on the fifth floor and the admin mm. office where everyone else is is on, on the first. first floor. So you're kind of isolated yourself. Sometimes there. people don't actually these days, nobody knows that I'm up there because I can't log into my messenger. Mm. So like nobody knows that I'm up there unless they go upstairs. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that's common for all of us. <laughs> Nobody knows we're in the offices. Yeah. Yeah. Like sometimes I walk around the school and I was like, what are you doing here? I'm like, I'm, I'm supposed to be here. It's like, I why? Here. They asked me why. Yeah. I'm like, mm, my contract. You asked the Pujang team, like, why I have to be here? Yeah. Nobody understands. Yeah. But even then it's like, we're wasting your time and money being here. Like, just let us go home. Time and, well, I'd rather be paid. <laughs> no, no. What I mean by money is, um keeping the lights on the lights on the oh. acs on or the well right now the heater Heating. yeah i was like you're wasting our time just let us go home you know i mean at least now we can work from home yeah we can work from home now and to be honest i'll actually probably work from home uh yeah me too i'm taking all of next week off for the home for work from home for work from home yeah so that's gonna be nice that's a nice change yeah i think i can well my plan is to plan oh, out my camp oh okay damn so soon okay well you might as well <laughs> i know right because you have so much time like mm -hmm. and now that i've got like i've actually got ideas about camp i might as well do it while they're still fresh in my head okay and pan it out what are you doing so that i can steal something okay so dan i'm doing an animal crossing themed camp <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> dope i like it yeah because it just came out and like there's so many like, elements or yeah, there's so many elements of Animal Crossing that I can use in my camp. And there's a lot okay. of like cute characters and stuff that you can use to theme up your camp. So okay, that's what I'm going to be trying to figure out this week is how can I use it and still be educational. Okay. Because I love Animal Crossing. That's cool, though. That That's like that's a new idea I haven't heard of yet. Animal Crossing. I kind of took it from because she was doing she was talking about doing a game camp and she wanted to do Animal Crossing and Pokemon. Like so each day oh, is something okay. different. But when she said Animal Crossing, I'm like, there's so many different things. Like, I could totally fill up four days with that. Okay. Wow. Four yeah. days. Okay. What, yeah. what kind of activities are you thinking with Animal Crossing? I'm not entirely sure of my activities yet. There's, But, like, in the new game, mm -hmm. there's... um. So, there's, like, stamps that you can get. And each time you get a stamp, you get, like, X number of mileage. So, you get air miles. Um, So, like... So you have a card, like a card, and it has five different stamps that you can get. To get the first stamp, you have to like catch ten fish, and to okay. get the next stamp, you have to catch a hundred fish. To get the next one, probably five hundred. I don't know, something okay. like that. So like just little elements like that, I thought maybe I could use in my camp. Like a reward system kind of. Deal. Yeah, like yeah. a reward system, and because there's so many different characters in the game, I thought I could use the characters in my camp as well because I think the students have a hard time talking about themselves. So I figure oh, talk if they talk about the character instead. Yeah, like talk about the character instead. So use the character and talk through the character and make a story because like they're all students and they're all the same age. Yeah. So like they're all going to have the same thing to say. Yeah. 
But if you like give them something else to talk about, mm-hmm. then I thought maybe they'd participate more. Okay. Maybe so, like they can help each other too because they're all talking about the same thing. Yeah. And like yeah. the best part about Animal Crossing, it's not one of those games where it's like fighting and the goal is to like beat somebody. It's mm-hmm. a community-based game. Okay. So it's a... I'm hoping hoping to foster some kindness because I think some of my students need that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think that's about as far as I got with it. Yeah. I'm not very good at coming up with activities. Okay. But I do want to do a lot of like hands-on activities to keep them busy. Mm. And so that the time will pass by yeah. faster. That's kind of the point of camp. Yeah. Just babysitting, letting the time pass by. <laughs> well, see, my principal really wants it to be like, I guess the thought in my principal's head is that uh she wants them to be able to talk to foreigners if they ever see a foreigner mm. but like two weeks to do that two weeks to, to do that, that and like they don't they're not lacking in like they a lot of them go to hagwan and yeah. i've seen their textbooks mm. like, oh yeah they're different they're much higher level yeah. than the ones we teach out of so like it's they're not lacking in what to say they're like they don't have any speaking experience because yeah. they just read and write mm-hmm. and they like they get choked up when they want to talk yeah like i relate to my korean it's like i know what i want to say is just the vocabulary just disappears all of a sudden in that moment yeah i think like the more they're able to speak the more they'll remember like vocabularies yeah that they've learned you know i think it's confidence too i think mm-hmm. it seems to be a I think with a lot of language learners, but it's really common in Korea where they don't want to speak English because they're afraid because it won't sound perfect. Yeah. But like you have to talk a lot mm-hmm. if you want to get closer and closer to perfection. Yeah. But they don't want to do that. Like they want to sound perfect yeah. the first try. Yeah. A thing I, I've noticed is that they don't. The thing Koreans always ask me is, do they sound like American? They're scared of like a Korean accent. Uh huh. But the thing I always tell them is, listen, if you go to America, like L.A. specifically, like there's so many like pockets of different communities. Like you have a Koreatown, you have Chinatown and everything. Yeah. Even little Tokyo, you know, like. Yeah. You talk to these people. Most of them, their first link, like I think statistically, 70% of people from Los Angeles, their first language is in English. So they all have an accent. Yeah. You know, like if you talk to my, even my mom. My mom has an accent. My dad has an accent even, you know. What? Yeah, I know. They have an accent. Like, my mom, if you see her on the streets, she looks like a black woman. Uh-huh. But the moment she opens her mouth, she has an Asian accent. Oh. Yeah, it's 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 weird, you know. But it's so common in America. Yeah. I don't know about your hometown, but at least where I grew up, it's very common. And I don't think Koreans understand that because they're so, like, homogenous. Yeah. You know, they don't have different cultures to see that that's common yeah so like when they part of their confidence that they're lacking is do they sound like an american you know yeah and they don't realize that you know that's not gonna happen that's not there's no really one american accent yeah like even if you go to texas they probably speak differently you go to new york oh yeah, yeah. new york they sound different they oh, use yeah. different slangs and stuff you know i mean yeah there's different slangs from all over the ds mm-hmm. and i think koreans just i don't know how to drill that in their head that I think they just need to see it. They just need to see it and understand that. Yeah. But it's so, it's so, so when I think about like, like my family's from Lebanon and Mm. in Lebanon, I think, I'm not sure if it's changed, but I think most schools teach three languages. So it's English, Arabic, and French. Like 
Okay. Every like I think all my cousins speak all three languages. Like fluently? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. So like they teach in three languages, but the thing is like when they speak English, they sound like Lebanese people who speak English, English. Okay. but that doesn't stop them. Mm. You know, so I like there's a I don't know, like a mental thing. It's definitely a mental thing because here they don't want to they don't want to speak it until they can sound perfect. Mm. And over in Lebanon like if you're like people are dying for the chance to like oh, be like oh look it. i can speak english too yeah. like which is great because how else are you gonna get any better yeah, if yeah, you yeah. don't actually speak so that's like mm. just totally different mindset and attitude where do you think that comes from like the different mindset of mm. wanting wanting to speak just to speak versus here in korea is like i'm kind of shy to speak because i want it to be perfect i don't really know i mean maybe it's the location of lebanon because like it's right on the mediterranean Okay. So like so many people have taken over Lebanon, okay. especially the, <laughs> okay. the French and like there's, I don't know. There's like, there's Syria, there's Israel, there's Italy across the way and Greece. So maybe they're just exposed to more peoples. Yeah. I mean, how long ago was Korea just a hermit kingdom? So true. How long is, I'm, I'm going full ignorant mode, mode now. How long I, has Lebanon been? I know they have that recent like revolution yeah yeah. uh how long was that is that the revolution are they free country right now they're a free sovereign country yeah they're a free country the problem is that they had like a they're not really happy with their leadership right now yeah okay so like back in october there was a revolution another one yeah like people were there was a lot of protests and the schools got shut down then because it wasn't safe and it's kind of died down, I think, only because now there's coronavirus oh, okay. <laughs> in Lebanon, too. Okay. So, like, the schools are shut again, and people are worried about that. And the problem is, like, Lebanon's so small, and there's a lot of people there, but, like, hygiene and medical is not that great. Yeah. So, like, it's going to spread fast. Mm. And it did spread fast. That's yeah. why everyone there is scared, and that's why the schools are closed. Okay. Like, first there were four cases. I don't know what there is now. Maybe 70 was the last time. That how, I... how big of a time span was this? Just a couple weeks. Just Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah it's spreading. Okay. Yeah, it's spreading pretty fast. Mm. So, yeah, first, it... <laughs> they don't have time for a protest <laughs> right have time now. for a revolution, right? I was like, let's put this revolution on yeah. on hold for a moment. They don't have time for that right yeah. now. Wait, so what's the, why, why aren't they happy with their new president? Is it a president? What is this? I don't know too much about the politics over there. I just know the the government's a little weird. So, like, religion is definitely a part of it. I th- think it was when France... I think it was when France left. They said, you know, when here's... When did French leave? When did they leave? I think it was... Was it the 50s or something? 1950s? I think so. Okay. I'm really, like, weak on my on my history with Lebanon. That's cool. But what I know about the government there is, like, what is it? A prime minister, I think, and a president. I think they have both. And one of them is supposed to be Christian, like a Maronite. And the other is supposed to be some kind of Muslim. So, like, it's okay. definitely about religion, mm. which is, like, obviously a problem. Okay. <laughs> so, and I don't necessarily know how the Lebanese people feel, like the Lebanese people in Lebanon feel. But mm. the impression I got from reading some of the news articles is, like, they don't, the Lebanese people themselves don't have that much 
conflict between religions it's like the government is making it seem that way or like the government okay is saying and doing things to to make people fight over religion oh. when that's really not how people feel okay or at least not the younger crowd why would the government want to do that though you don't know i have really no clue okay i'm just wondering where that money trail is there's probably money involved somewhere <laughs> yeah there there's definitely something to do with money i just don't know how that all works out yeah okay that was very educational <laughs> was it though like oh no my, i think that's very educational my I facts mean, aren't that straight no because i mean like no i don't think lebanon is anywhere in the news unless you search for it yeah because it's so small yeah <laughs> wait so this revolution was you said it started up again in october that was in october yeah, yeah. was it still was it like gunshots like the last time like early 90s again or what was this like I don't know. No? Oh, okay. I just know a lot of, like, riots in the street. Mm, okay. And definitely, I think military police were involved because, okay. like, there was so many people in the streets. Mm. But now it's coronavirus. <laughs> it's a corona time. It's okay. corona time. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so. Mm. Do you still have family out in Lebanon? I have a lot of family oh, in really? Lebanon. Yeah, oh, so, like, okay. my mom is my mom is one of eight. And one of her sisters is there with her family. And my dad is one of seven and all of his siblings are over there. So, yeah, I think I have maybe 12 cousins in Lebanon and uh, two of them were supposed to be graduating at the end of this year, graduating high school. And I don't even know if that's going to happen because they've missed so much school already. Oh, damn. I didn't use it yet a big family, but I didn't think it was that big. Oh, yeah, we're big. I didn't. And like, those okay. are just, when I'm talking about my cousins, those are just my first cousins. Yeah. Like my dad, I think my dad has an uncle who's has 17 kids. Ooh, so like okay. he, this dude has like kids that are younger than me, which yeah. is like kind of gross. Oh, it's like an uncle that's younger than you. Kind of like that. Yeah. So okay. like, well, it's my dad's uncle mm-hmm. and he's got the 17 kids. So I guess they would be my second cousins. Okay. Is technically how it works out. Hold on your dad's uncle so that'd be like your grandfather level yeah so great uncle okay yeah like second cousins second cousins yes but that's just from one guy yeah damn okay (laughs) yeah your family tree would be fun to map out (laughs) yeah there's some uh Mm. interesting connections in my family tree is that that a pretty common thing in lebanon though like lebanese lebanese culture yeah big family big families yeah i mean even now like I don't, I mean, I don't know how big families are getting these days. Mm-hmm. I think the problem is the same everywhere where no one can really afford to mm-hmm. have these big families. And women there are waiting a lot longer to get married. So before it was like really common for, like my mom got married when she was 18. Okay. <clears throat> and that was a pretty common, like definitely early 20s people would get married. Yeah. And now um, my... My co- I'm trying to think about how old my cousins are. Like I'm 28. I think my next young, like next down cousin is like 24 or something, and she's not married, which at a time in Lebanon would be like unthinkable. Like if yeah. you hit 30, you're over the hill. If okay. you're unmarried, like you're just, there's just no hope for you. But mm. that's like not the way it is now. Yeah, is it because education's going up, like within the women community, or? I think more people are like focusing on their careers and it's like, it's really hard to get a job in Lebanon. So it's not like, it's really hard to support a, a family. 
Mm. I mean, there's way more Lebanese people outside of Lebanon than there is inside of yeah. Lebanon. Did they all fled because of the, the revolution stuff, or um, why did they migrate? I don't. Primarily? I don't know. Like as far as the waves, like my parents left because it was the same thing at the time. There was like no jobs. Okay. So. I was born in 1991. Around that time, they moved back to Lebanon, but they couldn't stay long. They only stayed like two years because there was just no way to make a living. Mm. So it was easier to... Find a job overseas. Yeah, find a job in America. And like my mom was already a U.S. citizen, so they didn't have to... Oh, okay. How'd she get her citizenship? So she she was born in America. Okay. Um... Actually, almost all of her siblings were born in America, and my, but she has her citizenship because of my grandpa. Okay. Like her citizenship in Lebanon, because oh, okay. of my grandpa, and then my dad was born in Lebanon, but obviously they were married. So, so. she got citizenship through her. Mm-hmm. Okay. And well. I mean, they when they got here, they just worked in like donut shops and coffee shops. Like, yeah. coffee shops are a thing in my oh, family. Oh, okay. Wait, wait, is this a Lebanese thing or no? Like coffee shops, are they? Um, I mean, coffee is really important in Lebanese culture, Okay, but I think they just did it cause it was easy. Yeah. So like, <clears throat> I don't know if in California they had a, a chain called the whole donut. Uh, uh they pro- I probably know it. Is that a Lebanese chain? No, it's not a Lebanese chain. It's just like, uh, do you want, was it franchised? I don't even know. But like my grandparents had run one of those okay. in Connecticut and then my, both my parents worked there. And uh, when the whole donut kind of disappeared, mm-hmm. uh, they opened up their own coffee shop Okay. for a while. And then when that went under, like, my grandma went to work for Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, like, they're just always coffee, like coffee yeah. and donuts. So, like, my grandma went to work for Dunkin' Donuts and my grandpa was still a baker. Yeah. Which, baking is pretty big in Lebanon, I think. There's a lot of bakeries. Mm, yeah. So... I don't know. It's really funny how they made it this far and yeah. we're all doing just fine, but they started in like a donut shop. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. No, see, I always love these immigration stories is because for some reason, every immigrant story, they, they gravitate towards some type of profession. Like the Vietnamese, for example, they all go into nails. Yeah. Nail shops. Uh, the Cambodians, they all go into donut shops. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. yeah Cambodians go into donut shops as well. Oh. Um, Koreans, when they came, they all went into laundromats and liquor stores. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, like every single like immigrant groups that come to America, they tend to group together one type of profession for some reason. <laughs> it's funny how that works out. Yeah. And I don't understand where that comes from. But Lebanese, it kind of makes sense because you guys do a lot of baking stuff, don't you? Yeah. So now that I think about it, actually baking is probably the common one with Lebanese people because, uh, there's like Lebanese bread mm-hmm. is a certain staple, kind. Yeah. Much. So uh, there's a couple of bakeries in America that do the bread. So yeah, it's probably, yeah. Yeah. See, uh, the thing that perplexed me most is Vietnamese in their nail shops. Why? Where did that come from? Like Vietnamese people didn't do nails back home. <laughs> Why would they do know. nails in America? It doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. Maybe I it's like know. a low, like low cost of entry or something maybe i don't know and it's like i don't know i, I don't know but, but i can't i you need like a license for that and yeah you, you do and there's you like, like health regulation health regulation so it yeah. can't be cheap yeah like i i was talking to somebody but they were talking about like mentorship kind of deal like apprenticeship even 
that's kind of messed up where like the person comes from Vietnam to America and they are supposed to quote unquote supposed to learn nail to this person. Uh-huh. But all they're really doing is like sweeping, sweeping, yeah. cleaning the shop and they don't touch a single hand for like a year or something like that. And I don't know. I don't know how common that is, but that's just one story I've heard. Oh. So even then I'm like, why would you go through that? You know? Just to sweep up, you mean? Yeah. To get your foot into the door in nails when you could get your foot in something else that makes you money. I don't know. I, 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 I don't you got to talk I, to a real Vietnamese person. I'm just, I'm just saying shit out loud. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. But oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's weird when I think about it now. I never, never connected the dots myself yeah. until I said it out loud. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I'm always interested in like immigrant stories. It's just always fascinating to me. That's all. So I'm just picking your brain to see what you think. Picking you know? my brain. Yeah. Well, here's along the same lines. Did you, f- well, I mean, you're from LA, so I imagine it's a lot more diverse out there than Connecticut. Mm-hmm. But in Connecticut, I find when I think about the friends that I had in Connecticut, uh, like most of my friends were immigrants or otherwise not your like white bread typical white bread american like where i grew up there's a lot of italian people and a lot of irish people so like pretty white but then most of my friends or at least the ones that i still bother to contact like came from albania or india or like you know like like my friends are pretty diverse Mm. and i never i think we just gravitate towards each other because we all have this similar like history yeah, similar history, like similar upbringing, or there's just like a fundamentally different thing about immigrant families. Yeah. Where like, even though we're not like, I'm the only one of my friend group from Lebanon, but we still have similar, like our parents behave similarly. Yeah. And the way they treat us mm-hmm. and the way that we grew up. Yeah. I, I, like a few episodes, I've been having a lot of like Asian people on the show. And we've been kind of exploring this idea too, like why do certain group of people like get along more well? I, 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 it's interesting just to see how we group each other because America is so diverse. Yeah. But even like Asians, we stick together. You know, we we're subconsciously we just do it despite find each other. Yeah, despite being born and raised in America, we just gravitate towards each other anyways. And I think part of it's that uprising, not uprising, uprising, <laughs> upbringing, upbringing. You know what? No, no, part of the up, part of it's the uprising. You know, you see your parents like whipping your ass. You know, yeah. Like, uh, do you know Russell Peters? Yeah. The comedian. <laughs> yeah. I remember one of his one of my favorite jokes from him was like, "Beat that child so he's not a social outcast." Yeah. Do you want Timmy to feel left out at the playground? You know. Oh yeah. It's kind of like that, that same idea. You know, like I remember me getting my ass kicked by my parents, and like. Me and my friends kick it at the playground. I was like, dude, my mom kicked my ass. Like, she took out the fucking clothes hanger. She broke out the bottom and started whipping me. He's like, oh, dude, my dad got the belt. And then my white friend's like, y'all got whoopings? You got whoopings? And he's like, bitch, get the fuck out of here. They you, don't fit in. They don't fit in, you know? And I think it's part of upbringing. Like, we yeah. get each other, you know? Even though we're not from, like, the same culture, like, exact culture. But I think there is a specific way we're raised yeah it's really different it's different yeah from like white white you know i'm kind of embarrassed to like say this out loud but because i hate this shit but like tiktok okay okay there's a tiktok video that i had come across and it was the the original video 
I don't know if it was serious or if it was a joke. It seemed like it was serious. This dude, like he could, probably 18 years old, it sounded like he was in his last year of high school, and a white guy, and his mom's telling him like, when are you going to do your homework or something like that? You never take your backpack to school. And the whole time he's yelling at her, like, get out of his room. He's oh. like, I don't do homework, sweetheart. I was like, what? You just said that to your mom? Oh, for reals? <laughs> so, like, if you see, there's, like, three other videos that do a duet with it. Okay. So, like, the first one is a... What was... The first one was a Hispanic man, re- like, reacting to it. Oh, okay. That's yeah. funny. And then th- there's a black woman who responds to the two of them together. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is an Asian man that responds to all three of them. So, like, mm-hmm. you can see each, like... Um, I mean, you can't say they're immigrants because you don't know that they're immigrants, but each different culture, like responding similarly to this white kid that's yelling at his mom. I was like, that's really wild. It's pretty funny to watch all three of them and all three of them agree. Like you'd get whoopings. Oh yeah. Like Like, nobody talks to your, you called your mom, sweetheart. uh, uh, I would get my ass beat. Yeah. That's pretty wild. I think think that's one thing that's great about like growing up with immigrant parents. Like I shouldn't say that. Um, being surrounded by people with immigrant parents, you know, like our generation, like first generation kids, you know. Yeah. I think we all get along because it's like, mm, we get it. It's like, he's getting his ass kicked. Yeah. You know, that's probably why I never fucked with white people. <laughs> no, white people, I love you. It's white just, people. I mean, um, I got white friends. <laughs> I'm very white. No, very, you do look very white. Yeah. You do, I'm but. Quite pale. Yeah, yeah. But who knew you had some color in you? <laughs> Is that considered color? I don't even know. I think Although now on the census, some paper, some paperwork that I fill out, fill out in America now, mm-hmm. it specifies Middle Eastern, I think. Okay. Because before it was, it just said like white, white. black, Hispanic. Yeah. Asian. And then it would say if you're from the Middle East or something, you choose white. And I think some paperwork now is like oh, Middle Eastern now. is, a sp- yeah, specific. Okay. Do Middle Eastern take, uh, I don't know, like some Hispanic people they don't like that term because it's like grouping all of them together, like Puerto Rican versus Cuban versus like Mexican. They're not the same cultures. Right. And they shit on each other sometimes. They do shit on each other. Yeah. Do Middle Eastern feel that same way? Now with this new census thing, group all the Middle Eastern into one category? Um, Do you know? I don't really know. I know a lot of... I don't even know if a lot of Middle Eastern people necessarily necessarily say Middle Eastern. Like a lot of them will say exactly where they're from, mm. or again, like TikTok. I notice it's the hashtag Arab, but like I always thought Arab is somebody from Saudi Arabia because okay. it's Arab. Arab. <laughs> <laughs> like so, I don't know. Okay. I don't know if they. I think there's a solidarity. I think definitely yeah. a lot of people feel like, oh, we're from that area yeah. and we all speak Arabic, mm. but there's like a million different dialects of yeah. Arabic. Um, I mean, I don't feel offended, so okay. I don't know how other people feel. I, I don't know. I Like, even for me, when they group all the Asians to one, for me, I'm okay with it. I'm actually quite okay with it. I think the white people are being woke for us. <laughs> being woke, offended for you? Yeah, white people being offended for us. is like, oh, no, not Asians are the same. You got Chinese, Korean... Before, we all used to be Chinese. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, it matters that we're different. I don't know. It, I'm okay with it. You're not Me bothered by I'm it? I'm not bothered by it. Yeah. I mean, I can see why people would be bothered by it. Yeah, I can see why. Even Asians. I can see why Asians yeah. would be bothered by it. Like, you're not 
you know, all the cultures are so different and especially like a lot of history mm-hmm. <laughs> that I w- won't mention. But yeah, a lot of history problems with countries taking over. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. But um <laughs> yeah, I don't know how Arab people feel, I suppose. Yeah. I'll say. Is there a big like Arab community in like where you're from, grew up? Because you were saying that you had Al- Al- yeah, like Albanian friends and So like as far as I know, my family were the only Lebanese people in our town. Mm. Um but I know and I don't know how how many more it's still mostly Italian and Irish, although there's also like a large group of uh, Puerto Rican people and then a large group of Bosnians and Albanians. And I think it all happened around the same time because there was a, what was it? It was a political asylum that they were coming over to America. That's how one of my friends got. Wait, to political connect, asylum for who? Uh, Albanians. Cause there was, oh. uh, I think it was 2003. So like there's a war or something. Okay. Around that time, that's when my friend moved to Connecticut. Oh, okay. Um, but there's like there's town there's definitely towns in Connecticut where there's a lot more Middle Eastern people because there's like there's Lebanese churches or I call them Lebanese churches I don't know Lebanese churches in a couple of those towns. But funny enough, it wasn't until I came to Korea that I actively sought out like. Like, in Connecticut, I wouldn't look for other Lebanese people. Yeah. I'd be like, "Oh, leave me alone. And then, like, in Korea, <laughs> I'm like, where are my people at? Oh, why do you think that shift happened? Um, Where you wanted to search more of your own culture? I don't know. I guess I didn't realize, like, how big of, like, my family, like, how big of an influence they were on me. And then I came here and I was all alone. And then I'd, like, see other people who were, like, maybe online or something who were, middle eastern and be like oh i feel like such a kinship to you i gotta go seek out these people like like there's a there's a lebanese restaurant in seoul i specifically went looking for lebanese food and Mm. i went to this restaurant and i asked him i'm like are you really lebanese he goes yeah i was like oh my god my people (laughs) i'm so happy i found you and now i go to seoul just to get a sandwich yeah so i could go to this restaurant and see this guy that's cool and I think I've successfully like infiltrated, so now I'm part of the family. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So be- there's a community out in Seoul right now. To be honest, like I don't, I haven't, I don't even know if he has kids or like how big his family is or anything. I just know that there's enough, there's enough over there for him to justify yeah, opening that restaurant. Yeah. And oh, like him cool. and his wife run it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if his wife is Malaysian or Korean. She speaks Korean, but they met in Malaysia, so I don't know if they just both happen to be there. Okay. But I've successfully infiltrated because they cool. recognize me as soon as I walk in the door now. It's like, hey, yes. my sister, come in. <laughs> Let yes. me serve you. Sit down. That's cool. Oh, I'm so happy. Yeah. Did you meet anyone else that's like from Lebanese background? Is there like a Facebook community or anything like that? So like there's a, so the Facebook group, like every woman in Korea or something. Okay. I've I'd, heard of it. I just message. I'm like, are there any other Middle Eastern people out here? Mm-hmm. And sort of not really, like only one person responded to me and she's from Armenia, Armenia. And she said she had met one person, did she say Palestine? I don't really know. Palestine, maybe Pakistan, but I haven't met them in person. Okay. And I haven't really talked to them outside of that Mm. first interaction. So 
if there are Lebanese people out there, they're not being very vocal about it, okay. which is a little like not really Lebanese. Like Lebanese people are pretty vocal. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they're pretty proud. So I don't know where they are. Oh. They're not in that Facebook group. Yeah. Lebanese people are proud. Yeah. I, I, I I've never yeah. hung around Lebanese people, so I don't know. They're like pretty proud of being Lebanese. Like okay. they'll let you know. Where do you, where's that pride come from? I don't know. Maybe it's because they're such a tiny country and like, what is it? France invaded at least twice or something. Okay. And now they're still Lebanon. Like they're okay. still their own country. I can get that. Okay. That's a, where I imagine it comes from. Mm, okay. Yeah. Damn, look at us look exploring at and shit. I'm exploring. learning. I'm like, I'm learning so much today. Yeah. How many Lebanese people do you know, Dan? One. You're yeah. the first one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't even know. I didn't even know that you were like that in tune with your culture well i guess i didn't really realize it either yeah but like so growing up in connecticut i just assumed that the experience i had at home was the same experience everybody else had yeah but then you go to school and you realize oh no yeah (laughs) it's pretty unique Mm. but it was just like the way my life always was so i didn't think it was i didn't even think of it as a big deal until i guess i got older and started thinking about those kinds of stuff you know i think for me, I think it's the same. Like for me, I grew up like in an Asian household and I assume like and all of my friends around me, they were either black or Asian. You know, that's the community that I grew up with. That's the people that I've seeked out. Those yeah. are the people that I actively chose to keep around me, you know, and I didn't think I because I'm surrounded by those type of people with similar like histories, experiences. I just figured the whole world is kind of the same. Yeah. You know, I kind of figured, ah. Oh, this is even a class thing. Like, I kind of grew up kind of poor. So I kind of assumed, oh, everybody's dads leave them. <laughs> you know, I assumed everybody grew up eating ramen at least three or four times a week, you know? Yeah. I just assumed everybody was dirt poor. and But at the time, I didn't know I was dirt poor. I didn't know yeah. that sh- you shouldn't be living this type of life, Dan. This childhood is not what you should be having. Most right. of you are, you're, you're weird. Okay? You're weird, Dan. <laughs> you're weird, Dan. I didn't know. I didn't know that we were weird. My community was weird. Yeah. Until I went to college. And then Uh-oh, like yeah. when I went to college, um, one of the biggest, I don't know what you want to call it, culture shock, but like I went to a friend's house mm-hmm. and it was a really nice house. Like it was like a two floor house. Okay. Maybe to normal white people. It's like, the fuck are you talking about? This is not that amazing. This is normal for us. Right. But that's the culture shock for me. You know, like I went to this house. I was like, y'all got a nice two story house. Mom and dad are still together. And y'all have dinner together at least multiple times a week, you know? It's at ramen. Except ramen and like mom and dad actually talk. They don't yell at each other. You know, it's like, oh, culture shock. You know? Yeah. And it's, it's simple things as even like spring break. That idea kind of shocked me. For me, it was like, oh, when you have a break, you go to your dad's house. You know, you yeah. go back home to, to daddy's place. For them, they're like, oh, spring break. We go on vacation. We go to Miami and shit. I'm like hold on what you, you know it's like we're gonna take out our boat i'm like y'all motherfuckers got a boat you got a boat <laughs> you got a boat you know it's i remember specifically boat i'm yeah. like y'all motherfuckers got a boat and what's funny is that i'm learning this when i'm like 20 like 20 like early 20s yeah you know and i realize that we're different <laughs> yeah you know white people live a very interesting life <laughs> yeah yeah that's kind of I mean, we were never, we were never poor. Yeah. But we were definitely different. 
different like making ends meet mm. like they we're just doing that for a lot of my growing up mm. but like do you feel like you missed out on anything i don't think I. no i don't like i'm fine like i loved my childhood like yeah only now that i know that my child was kind of fucked up that i'm like i don't regret it it's just like oh it was different yeah that's all because like otherwise like before that before i even knew about all that i loved my childhood yeah i had so much fun as a child you know like the idea of me staying out on the streets till like 8 p.m till the sun is down because mom's at work dad's not around you know yeah that was fun that's my childhood. Like, I didn't really have a curfew. It was just me just hanging out on the streets all the time until sun's down. You know, I know mom gets home at 8. Make sure you get your ass home before 8. Do the dishes or she's going to kick your ass. Make sure you get all your homework done before 8, you know? I was a very independent kid. Like, I, I was a latchkey kid. I always carried around a key around my neck. Oh, uh, yeah. I just had to make sure I get home at 8. Yeah. You know? And you survived. And, and I survived. <laughs> I, have, I have never broken a bone. I have all my fingers and my toes. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, there you go. You know, but like looking back, I don't regret anything. It was just, I had a beautiful childhood. I loved my childhood. Yeah. Yeah. I, had, I was very, ha- I was a very happy child. I feel the same way. I really was. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> I don't feel like I missed out on anything. Yeah. I lived in a cul-de-sac and for the longest time I thought that was the entire world. <laughs> yeah. The little bubbles we lived in. Yeah. You know? And it was like pretty sad when that bubbles broke and you're like, oh, I'm growing up now. Yeah. No, I think, like I was saying, like, I figured out that my life was very different. My bubble person. It was a very sad moment for me. It was like, oh, I'm actually broke. I'm broke. <laughs> I'm actually broke. I just didn't know. Yeah. I just thought, no, this is just normal life. This is how people live. Yeah. Then I, it was only in college where I started meeting people outside of my bubble. You know, I was like, oh, you're a broke ass motherfucker. <laughs> you know, nobody's mom's cars break down every week. You know, I was like, oh, hmm. This is how life should be lived. Yeah, but, well, I mean, look where you are now. Yeah, so. look where I am now, now you know. So, I live what? a very nice life now. I leveled up. Yeah, you got a dog, damn it. I know. I, I'm living the American dream, kind of. Mine is the white picket fence. <laughs> I mean, you could put one up. I could, yeah. Aesthetics. Mm. But, yeah, I mean, I lived a very happy life in general. I would say the same, yeah. yeah. That's good. Hmm. We are 42 minutes in Ooh. now. We're 42 minutes in. Wow. Yeah. Would it be cool we end it here? Yeah. Yeah? Okay, cool. Um, I'm only ending it here because it's a Sunday and the sun's setting and I just want to chill. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mary Jo, thank you for coming on oh, the podcast. Thank you for, I don't really know, making, <laughs> what do I say? I, I don't thank know. you for having me, I guess. Yeah. Thank you for making me like a little bit less awkward. Oh, no, no. You weren't awkward. I, I was very comfortable. Oh. Yeah. I hope you come on again. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you even have a guest with you, maybe. I don't know. That'd be fun. Guest? Maybe someone Surprise like... Surprise guest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be fun, you know? It's like, Dan, I'm bringing somebody. Yeah, that's fine. If they're down, I'm down too, you know? No, but thank you for coming on the podcast. Um. Oh, my ending spill. My brain went dead for a moment. It's a Sunday. Oh, thank you, ladies, yeah. and, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Momes, for joining us today. Um, you can always catch us at muckleymomes.buzzsprout.com. And, of course, all of your favorite streamers. That includes Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, and even CastBox. And I'm pretty sure there's like 10 other services we're on. So, 
You'll find us wherever we are, okay? And of course, we are broke, so please go into our Patreon and pay a dollar or maybe five or maybe ten. Help us out, please. This shit costs us money. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Peace. Bye.